Off the ball. If there was an Ireland job in the future, so I don't know, I think Brendan Rogers as a future Ireland manager, I, I could get behind Subscribe this. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. I'm delighted to say Seamus Hickey is with us. Seamus, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, mate. How are we? Um, the Declan Hannan news is really, really important, and it kind of slipped out a little bit under the radar over uh, to, for the rest of the country. I presume it was a bit of a seismic uh, shock to Limerick hurling fans in particular. Um, what, what, what can they do to somehow make up for the loss of him as a hurler and also as a leader on the pitch? Yeah. So, so to me, this is big, right? So this is. Um I didn't get any indication when he was when he's able to carry himself off the field in Paris. He came off over under his own steam uh, in the Munster final. I got no impression that it was going to be. Uh, I didn't even think it was the knee. Uh, so it was something that was a little bit unexpected. I would say, um, and I would say huge impact personally. I I hold Declan up there as you know one of the top three components of that whole successful setup. Uh, captain, leader. Player quality of the of the the way he plays number six, you know. So, so for me, you're talking about impact. It's a, a big impact. Can other players on the Limerick squad play six? Yes, yes, they can. No problem. Uh, that'll happen. Uh, you'll likely see Dan Morrissey go to six, and you'll like see Mike Casey go to three, and you'll bring in Richie Richie English probably, um, or one of the or one of the new guys who's pushing Richie for a cornerback spot. But it's what Declan brings to the overall. It's his presence, his leadership. Um, on the field particularly, uh, and I've probably said this a couple of times and at risk of repeating myself, but the times when he, has, when he has been off the field in the last four years have been the times when I think this Limerick team has looked vulnerable um, and just not, um, you know, definitely not at their best. So, you know, for, for me, yeah, big, big impact. Uh, hoping, hoping that, you know, it's... Uh, it's one of those things where you know if there's a if we progress beyond the semi final that there's a chance of, of him being there the, the big day. But you can only take the days as they come, and uh, it'll be a tough test regardless of who comes through Galway or Tipperary for Limerick to face without him. We'll talk about Galway and Tip in a moment, but just to, to uh, tease this out a little bit more, what is it that makes him such a special uh, leader? Let's talk about the hurling in a moment. But what what are leadership qualities? How do they manifest themselves? So. It, it's interesting, right? So we've we I played under a good few captains uh, in Limerick uh, back through the years, and some really really excellent captains, um, I suppose. But when uh, you know, to me, one of the, the the best ones that comes to mind, you're, you're talking about the likes of Donald O'Grady, Dodge. We we won a Munster in 2013, right? A, a, a more quiet leader, um, not all about talk, you know, very much about about uh, leading by actions, right? So Declan falls into that category. And then when we, when John Kiley came in, he had, we had James Ryan for his first year of, uh, when John was, John Kiley was cap- manager and James Ryan was captain, but then James retired. And it was a big decision as to who you're going to pick from this group. You had a, a huge amount of emerging talent from the All-Earn 21 winners of 2016, you know, with big names, the likes of Keane Lynch, you're talking about the likes of, you know, you had Garrod Hegarty in there, you had Dermot Burns, you had, you know, we had Sean Finn on the scene at that stage. So, like, we had some exceptional talent and leaders uh, coming through from from that group of players. You had some of the guys who were still, 
around. You had the likes of the senior guys like myself. You had Nicky Quaid, you had Graham Mulcahy. So you had a, a good mix of, of people. And when he chose Declan, you know, it was, it was one of those, it was one of those decisions that when you make it, it rests really easy on the group. It, it rests very, very easy. If you're talking about a guy that everybody respects, admires, exceptionally likable, that all makes a difference in a dressing room. Um, so for me, that's a huge part of it. You know, it, it, it's, uh, and I don't, it's, it feels like a bit of a love letter to De- Declan Hannon, but it, it, it was for me. Like he was exceptionally likable in terms of the guys you respect and why you respect them. Declan is right up the top for me. Um, he went through his own tough journey with Limerick. He, he had his real rough day in 2013, the All-Ireland semi-final against Clare as a really young guy, missing freeze, playing centre forward. Uh, and that was a really tough experience that for him personally. Uh, and that, he, he's a guy that doesn't wear his emotions on his sleeve, really. Uh, so you, you want to be close to know it. So for me, you know, the, the respect was there because we knew what he'd gone through, the person he was, the ability that he had. And when he moved, made that move from the forwards to the backs, you know, there's a lot of people kind of wondering at the time, as to, is that a good move? Uh, because he was what I would have said, one of our, you know, one of our most talented forwards. Um, to me at that stage, it was probably still a lot of it was potential. He really hadn't tapped the depths of, of, of what he could do uh, in the forwards. Um, but as, as soon as he went back to six, he was really comfortable in his own skin uh, and had an influence on the game that was kind of even more his style. And it was more enabling the guys around him and, and, and elevating the guys around him as opposed to putting himself on the pedestal. So like to me, it fit in a lot of ways. Seamus, like because of the, all those leadership uh, qualities and skills that Declan Hannon possesses that you mentioned there, uh, and I know it seems strange to maybe put a positive spin on an injury like this, which is such a significant game, um, but it, it can almost inspire a team, can't it? When you, when you lose your, your, your leader, your on-pitch veteran, I guess, it, it, can, it can nearly bring the rest of the team to, to, a, to another level for a semi-final, can't it? Yeah, win one for the Gipper kind of thing, yeah. Kind but of. Like, it, it, it's, it can um, but like I, it, I suppose, have I? We had any kind of success? well, like so. Keen Lynch last year, right? Mm. So Keen Lynch last year was very present in the dressing room, uh, whole year out, uh, more or less, more or the whole championship year um, out with that, you know, really, really bad ankle injury. Uh, and to be fair, that that I would say there's an there's an example of a player being out and yeah, rallying around that guy. Let's do it for Keen, and then on the Hogan the Hogan stand. Lifting the the Lee McCarthy last year, as co- as vice captain, lifted it with Declan, and that was a really, really was a it was a lovely moment. But even talking to the guys in in the, in the dressing room, it meant a lot to them that Keane was up there. So yes, I accept that. Uh, and in those in those moments, you can turn a negative into a positive. I uh, it's it's kind of different when it happens, you know, mid year. Um, you know, I would say, especially in the lead up to a game, mm. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not a negative person by, by most senses. But for me, the, the loss of Declan isn't good. Um, if I'm a player in the dressing room, if I flip over, like so, I'm on the outside looking in, and to me, this is, this is, this is not a good thing. If I'm on the inside, this is just a thing that you're trained psychologically to up oh, next man up, uh, next one, next person in. And reality, that's how it works, right? So that you're, you, you make adjustments. Uh, in training games, you have different people playing six anyway because you can't have 
to Declan Hannans playing A and B. So you know, there's there's different there's different roles and different uh, scenarios in which you you play out on the field as a player. So there will be an expat up mentality. There will be, you know, we'll get on with this. And and there will be an element of our captains down, you know, and, and let's get to the next stage for him. But um, you know, f- players compartmentalize all these things, and I know you've talked to a lot of them that it's very hard to get a a real a, a real kind of a beat on what on what actually you you feel about the situation because you're 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 trained to to blinker yourself and to and to not react. So you're to me, it, it's it's a negative from the outside. From the inside, yeah, I I, I know that I'm just going to get on. His record as captain is now all-time great in terms of uh, captaining teams to win Munster Championships, particularly after the five in a row. He's literally in a bracket of some of the best hurlers ever to have played the game. So there's obviously going to be some uh, some knock-on in terms of what happens next. But can, can I just ask you one last thing before we move on to the, the game? The transition from uh, free-taking forward to uh, a, a pivot six... Was that an obvious thing? Had he had he done this at underage level? Like, was it or was it something that um, was spotted and is again maybe an understated part of this whole thing? You, you said it was one of the three main components. I'm like, okay, well, that, that's like, uh, is are Kinnerk and Kylie the other two? You know, that's that's the level we're, we're operating at here. Yeah, so like, yeah, the other like the other two for me are are, are your your backroom team and continuity off. So like, yes, the quality of your 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 coach, your manager, and then let's say let's let's add in all the other terrific people that are in that backroom team, the likes of Caroline, the likes of Shawnee, the likes of, you know, all the amazing like even Brian Geary and Dodge receptors over the three years. So so yeah, but to me it's huge, uh, because your presence at six, uh and, and hadn't played six, uh and I'll get I'll touch on then as to why it he had done it before. So he had played with Art Reach six, he had played underage Limerick six. So he had done this uh, and played very well. And there was this kind of debate as to Limerick need scoring forwards at the time versus, you know, but he's really good six, but we need scoring forwards. You know, it was it was kind of the same Kyle Hayes debate when Kyle came in was uh, he's actually really good in the forwards, but he's a better seven. You know, how you know do we play do we play players where they're best? Or do we play them where the team needs them to play? And, you know, in essence, I get that because that was kind of most of my career was playing where the team needs you to play rather than where you're best at. And you just, just so that there's, there's a kind of a, there's a trade off there and there's always a debate. But uh, I played six and you really need somebody who's a super communicator because your six has to stay at a sit. And Declan, you'll always see Declan, he never pulled out of position it's super rare anytime he's ever pulled out of position because uh you know he's his positional awareness is is exceptional if you're going to do that and your center forward is going to sit off you well then you have to be a really really good communicator and trust your midfield particularly and your half forwards and you know again how critical the limerick half forwards are to the whole success of the of the operation right they all have to take the responsibility of a floating 11 sometimes that was that was tony kelly sometimes uh, you know, even in, in, in recent times, you know, you, you'd know McGrath playing that for Tipperary this year. So you have to have exceptional communication skills, trust, um, and then obviously the positional awareness. So, you know, things things that I, I would have found, you know, it's, it, they're not givens. Uh, you can be good at one or, 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 you know, maybe maybe not all. But for me, he was just one of those really, really calm, collected, uh, and, you know, good decision-making sixes. You know, to me, he was a Shawnee McMahon, you know, uh, 
and you know I can't speak highly of anybody more highly of anybody than to compare him to, to Shawnee Mack as I thought he was he was he was the the greatest six I ever saw. So you know to me you know, when he was when he was playing underage he he, he flashed that uh, he you know but Arsenal reach he was he played six and he was he was really really good um, you know on successful teams too. So he wasn't just playing six on teams that you know that that, that weren't doing great. Uh, so for me. It was there, and it was always the trade-off of, you know, we need we need forwards in Limerick, we need scoring forwards, we need big physical presences in uh, at eleven or whatever, you know, play ten, twelve as well. Uh, do we play him? Do we play him up there, or uh, do we put him back six? And I suppose you know we had we had a couple of different sixes before he went back. You see, we'd, we'd Wayne McNamara, we'd Gavin Lomani, you know, we we had a couple of different guys play that and play it well. I would have thought, uh, but he has played it. He has played it great. Is there any possibility that they have a, a like a Grout Haggerty style inspiration, or is the obvious one the one that you started with here, where it's Morrissey and it's a as, as uh, obvious a replacement that they don't overthink this at all? So, so it's part of the Dan Morrissey story for me, right? So, Dan Morrissey is is such a he's such a wild card. Um, like to me he grew into the team and started to play exceptionally well at five uh, and everybody was like his time has come this is great he's finally found his niche and the you know all the hard work that he's done and again you know talking about a hugely respected guy inside the dressing room like incredibly uh, well got um, you know so he found his niche at five and then my, my case he does his knee and you're looking for, you know, you're, you're, you know, and Mike Casey then was our, our, our established three. Um, and then he does his knee and we're like, okay, we need something. And the option was there to play Sean Finn there or play Richie English there. Um, but said, you know what? We're, we're going to play Dan there. Uh, and J, so JJ Delaney to me was, you know, again, a, a phenomenal impact player for Kilkenny when he went from seven to three. Uh, and, and to me, it was bizarre. It was a bizarre move at the time. And I, and I, and I, again, speaking from experience, I did that. I went from seven to three in 2017. I played seven and I, and I went back to playing three and I played three earlier in my career. It's not easy. And I was never good at three uh, at all. Um, so I know how, how, how hard that is. And Dan did it and played three then as an all star fullback. So, you know, that, that's what, that's what leads me to think that. You know, and in the league as well, Dan has played six uh, in in Declan's absence. So, you know, it's really about the capability of Dan Morrissey as well to to just play the role, play it really well without fanfare or flair or or, or, or a lot of things that are showy, but exceptionally effective. Uh, and I would see him to do that. And then you have the natural three to sit in there in Mike Casey. So, it, it's I don't think it requires a huge amount of overthinking. Garrod did play seven in the All Ireland Under Twenty Ones team that uh, of two thousand and sixteen. He did play seven uh, and played it well. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's you know th- that would be a wild card. Uh, that's not on brand for 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 John Kiley and, and the management team. Uh, so for me, it's it's Dan Morrissey with a huge amount of trust, uh, and then obviously Mike to three, but. You know, yeah, it, it, stranger things can happen. 
Seamus, why are you sitting on this uh, Galway Tipperary match this weekend? Because you look at the two teams and, and two very uh, dissimilar positions heading into the game. I guess Tipperary with that uh, quite extraordinary 7.38 put up against Offaly last weekend. And then Galway still presumably reeling from, from the nature and, and, and way in which they lost that Leinster final to Kilkenny. Um, so, so I guess two teams coming into it with, with two very different mindsets. Yeah, yeah. so is that 7.38 now? Um it has to be qualified. So I was there. I was in Tullamore um, for for it on Saturday. Um, you know, awfully, off, awfully played a different competition this year, and are a team that are making strides and making progress in a lot of ways. But they were literally like it was like two teams from uh, from completely different uh, uh, stratospheres of, of, of hurling. Like so, yeah. They, they, what they what, what what Tip got from that game and what we'll carry through to the Galway game is the fitness of Ford, the fitness of Morris. Um, even the likes of uh, Craig Morgan played well when he played his first game in, in, in you know eight months. Really, really quick turnaround from the knee injury he had. Now, unfortunately, he he hobbled off the field in the second half. But I'm hoping that was only a small thing. But like even to see him back for the group of players, you know, the, the last games he played was was the game in which Dylan Cork passed away. So like talking about uh, a return to the field being emotional and and and, and trying so. You know, a lot of positives in in the in the health front for Tipperary to come out of that game because the hurling it's, it's kind of hard to, to read a whole pile into that. It, it's not going to prepare you for for Galway, but yeah, the other side then Galway, it's a sucker punch and it's it was it was crazy to see it. Um, uh, but like you know, it, it's 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 kind of it's it's tough to read this Galway team at the moment for me. Uh, like the 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 Dublin game. Th- that was that was always plausible for me because I saw D- Dublin come coming really strong. Dublin were kind of gathering momentum and playing well, uh, and some of their key players, and uh, particularly you know Sutcliffe is semi superior uh, and Birkin set forward is absolutely superb, and so that was always possible. And, and Galway were were really poor for for forty minutes of that game, uh, so it's uh, it, it, I was wondering whether you know this Galway team is. It, it, are we making progress here uh, under Sheffield? Uh, so year one was really, really good. Put a really, really good fight up against uh, against Limerick in the in the All Ireland semi final. But this year, uh, I'm not sold on the I'm not sold on on, on the Burke McInerney switch, um, and you know what how 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 vulnerable they are at, at the back, and the goals they've conceded have been have been shocking at times in, in terms of complete absence of, of, of presence in the middle. So, you know, I, I'm just wondering, are they making, are they making the progress they need to make? Um, because their players are super, like their, their squad of players are really, really excellent. Um, you know, accomplished in many ways, young guys coming in, Nyland has been superb all year, um, on a college level and an inter-county level. So, yeah, uh, you know, they're coming from, from different teams, different, different angles, but, you know, for me, the, this Galway Tip game is, uh, you know, it, it is a bit of a toss-up because I still think Tipperary have demons uh, that they have to banish, and, and until they banish them and until they prove it out, uh, they're they're there. So, um, it, it's it's not a, it's not an easy one to script. Who would Limerick prefer to play? Uh, that, that's right in Dublin off, so I don't mean to, but if assuming Dublin don't beat Clare, then uh, they'll, they'll play the winners of this game. Who would they prefer? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, if if I'm if I'm talking about playing styles, uh, I think Limerick play Tipperary really well. I, I think I think Limerick 
normally do well against Tipperary in the wrong robin they still weren't at their they weren't at the 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 pitch of it really um uh, you know I, I i i thought that they could have they could have kicked on more in the second half than they did and they, they didn't really hit the top gear uh, and then it was still Tipperary to come back to draw it but i i think that you know limerick have played Tipperary really well the last 4 or 5 years i know that cattle has them playing a, a bit more aggressive up front and uh, it, they're i suppose what i did take from saturday in, in, against offaly was the appetite of the forwards and really the impact of Jake Morris. Jake Morris has been like so in, talk, in, talk, in terms of his scoring, that's fine. But his his intent, and Marcio as well, the intent to turn over defenders, that has that has changed under Cahill, and that will make it a bit more difficult for Limerick. But I'm just saying, I was saying the last four or five years, Limerick have played tip quite well, uh, and you know the, the, the league semi final and even the round robin suggest that that can that still is the case. Okay. Um- I don't mean to write Dublin off. I actually do think that there's a good chance that they could uh, cause Clare problems because there's a potential for a Clare hangover from the Munster final. Last year, they yeah, they struggled against yeah. Wexford. So, uh, Clare, I think Clare are in a different place than they were last year. Dublin Dublin got a much better test off Carlo than Tipperary got off Offaly. Okay, so we must, I have to call this out, right? So, so Carlo are, even, or, or are a good bit further along in, in, in where they are uh, compared to Offaly. Especially, you know, the Joe McDonough champions on on fully on merit, right? Uh, and to me, the, they gave Dublin a far better test uh, than Offaly did. Uh, but Dublin are, are coming, right? So the, the, in Nolan Park against Kilkenny, Dublin were playing really threatening hurling um, with a really strong performance from the half forward line. Midfield was doing a lot of of of, of physical dirty work around the middle of the field that. You know, you know, Chris O'Leary's been very, very good for the midfield. The the, the former Cork senior hurler. So, like, to me, Dublin D- Dublin have have looked far better under Michal Donoghue this year than they have in the last three, four years. Uh, for me, uh, I think they have made progress, uh, and they will challenge Clare. Uh, there's there's no maybe. The, my my worry about Dublin is whether they can sustain it, and they haven't sustained it. They couldn't sustain it in Nolan Park against Kilkenny when they were the better team for good stretches of that game. Uh, they couldn't sustain it against Galway. Uh, when they were the best, the far better team for for the you know at least at least forty minutes of the game, uh, and and Galway Galway were going to get their purple patch, but it turned into a purple half, uh, and they really did. They were lucky to get the the this this the score at the end. Um, uh, but to me, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I still think Clare in a different space mentally. Clare lost the monster final. Which what I would say, like with something left in the tank, okay. twelve right. wides, the wides really, especially at, at crucial times, they hadn't done that uh, in in previous games. They hadn't done it against Cork. They hadn't done it against against Limerick. So uh, to me, they actually lost the Munster final with something left in the tank last year. I felt like they spent themselves, and they spent themselves uh, in extra time, they, they, emotionally, physically. I thought they were empty after the Munster final last year, and, and it showed against Wexford, uh, and it showed in, in the ultimately uh, against uh, Kilkenny. So uh, I think they're in a different place. I think Brian Owen has has really got them tuned a, a bit different this year. All right, we we'll leave it there. Seamus, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Do you mind if I say give a yeah. shout out to Neil yeah. McManus? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. We should mention it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, no. Do you mind if I do? Just just as a peer, right? Uh, you're talking about guys who have had impacts. Uh, on their counties, right? So Neil McManus's impact on Antrim is disproportionate. He goes down as 
one of the greatest Antrim hurlers of, of, of all time for me. And as a peer, as someone who had to mark him, someone who, who got to hang around with him uh, in, in, a, uh, in an off-the-field context, I couldn't respect a guy more in the game of hurling. And I think it is right that, that uh, he gets his day. And uh, yes, slightly off Broadway, but yeah, a, a greater ambassador and servant to the game of hurling, you're, you're not going to find. Yeah, I really hope that he's got a future uh, involved off the field for Antrim Hurling as somebody who has soldiered through and is beginning to see what he sees as a return to where Antrim should be at the top level of hurling. And like, you know, you'd hope that the Antrim County Board are looking at some way to keep him involved at, at whatever level he's able to commit to. Yeah, I'd say whether the Antrim County Board wants him involved, he's going to be involved. He's that guy. Uh-huh. He loves He loves it. He loves Antrim. He loves He loves hurling. Uh, I, I, there's no way he's not. So, But uh, yeah, I'd wish him the very, very best in everything he does. 100%. Seamus, good shout at the end there. Thanks a million. Cheers. See you, man. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.